Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics. I'm Gareth. And I'm Adam. Today we are talking about Jessica Jones, Season 3. Season 3. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting episode. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna delve into season three of Jessica Jones kind of lightly. We figure it's been out long enough now. Uh, we're also gonna kind of do a wrap up on the Netflix Marvel shows as a whole, um, and kind of dwell on where the characters may go after this because you know we've got the whole Disney Plus launch. You know. Look, it's it's an exciting time, and the whole thing is is this is almost like a uh, a retrospective in a way because this is when we first started. Do at least myself and you. Started doing uh, this podcast. Our initial team up, yeah. Yeah, our initial team up. It was to do these Marvel Netflix shows, which we now know uh, are no more at the end of this show. That's it, yeah. This is kind of the bookend for that kind of run. Um, I'm certainly keen to be well on board for all the uh, Disney Plus stuff, if you are as well. There is so many of them. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous, about. isn't it? Some I'm kind of like, eh, but um, uh, <laughs> yeah, the vast I'm- majority of them, I'm like, just jumping for joy. I think I think what's good with the um comparatively to the Netflix side of things, like most of the Netflix shows had a similar kind of tone for mm-hmm. Marvel, especially because yeah. they were tying in and they were doing the crossovers and that sort of thing. Um, with Disney Plus, it looks like they're kind of casting the net a lot wider. There's going to be a lot more different kind of you know, like things being catered to. Yeah, I think it's going to be like, hey, if you know, Hawkeye is not your kind of tone, or more specifically, Moon Knight. Yeah, boy. Up. Um, if that's not your kind of thing, hey, there's going to be one division. There's going to be this. There's yeah. going to be uh, like you know all these like. Different- I think I think even like the what if like the animated what if show that they're going to be doing. Oh, like, if that you, looks if, awesome. If all you care about is continuity and mm. all you care about is the main sort of movie universe, and you've suddenly got this what if show coming out, going oh guess what Marvel Zombies, guess what Agent Carter is Captain America or Captain Britain. Kind oh, of thing. I hope they do a Marvel Zombies episode. They've confirmed it. Oh, no shit. Yeah, boy. They're getting Greg Nicotero on board? Uh, they All they've confirmed so far is uh, Bucky will be Captain America during that. Awesome. Yep, right. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. All right, anyway, we, we, <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Jessica Jones Season 3. Uh, let, let, we should uh, focus. Obviously, we're going to give away spoilers. There has been plenty of time to watch this. We have... Uh, I wouldn't say dragged our feet. We've been busy. I mean, I've dilly-dallied a little bit, and this season is kind of to blame for that because, yeah. oh my God, this was a slog to get through yes. this season. And we we prioritised the boys over this, not only because it was highly anticipated, there was a lot of buzz, and it was really bloody good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we were both so anticipating the boys, we felt like we needed to get that watched and get an episode recorded about that ASAP. And the boys and Jessica Jones season three could not be further apart <laughs> in terms of quality. And anticipation um, as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, going into it, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, it wasn't one of those things where it came out on the Friday and I'm just like, like checking my watch, like apparently it drops at this because you know how they used to, they would do the map, yep. and be like, obviously it's, we're it's in, dropping at this time in this yeah, area. Yeah, yeah they'd exactly. have a map of Australia with when it things, and obviously we're over here in Western Australia. It'd be like in Perth, it drops at this time. Like I remember when Daredevil season one dropped, or even we all even, lost our minds. Even some of the other ones, yeah, it was just like you know you're clock watching, or if you're at work, you're like Jesus, hurry up and end this horrible day, yeah, because I've got something amazing waiting for me. Well, that's it with Jessica Jones season three. I almost had to remind people it was coming out. Yeah. Like not even the day of, like just in general that it was happening. People were kind of like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll check it out, I guess. I didn't start it probably maybe a fortnight after it came out. Yeah. Um, and I, season two, I, I didn't hate. We have obviously talked about it. Season one, I, I quite really liked. Season one, I really enjoyed. Season two felt like 
they they had about half a season's worth of ideas mm. and just had to drag it out. It had its ups and downs, but it didn't leave you craving more. Yeah, exactly. Like Iron Fist season two, I was just like, hell yes, give me a season three. Yep. Obviously not going to happen, or at least not yet. Yeah. Whereas the end of Jessica Jones season two wasn't just like, Jesus Christ, you know, season yeah. can't come sooner. Kind of had the same feeling with um, Luke Cage season two for me. Like I yeah. enjoyed it at times. It was a little bit, you know, slow. And mm. at the end of it, I didn't sit there going, oh, I need season three to wrap this up. It's like, eh, if they do more, awesome. If they don't, so it's be It's kind of like, well, I wonder where this is going. Yeah, that's it. And it's going to get cancelled. Almost professional curiosity, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, we, we can dive in more into the uh, the broad part of it. But um, it starts off that um, Jessica Jones is back being at Alias, uh, doing her thing as a... Uh, and what that's one thing they really put over good in this season is her being an investigator, her sort of detective yeah. work, which you didn't get a lot of last season. No, last season was kind of scattershot and chaotic, like her chasing her mother down, her trying to follow some leads, but also following... A really personal story. Yeah, a bunch so, of flashbacks as well. Yeah, that's it. There was a lot of stuff that really didn't tie in with her day job as an investigator, whereas this season it was almost entirely like detective work for herself, for her cases, but also for um, helping tr- helping to find Trish a new like path and yep. um, kind of working but not working with Jerry Hogarth as well. Um, one thing I'll say about this season straight off the bat, Jesus Christ... It's called Jessica Jones, not Jaron Hogarth. Oh fuck! Okay, we're gonna keep. We're gonna touch on this straight away. Yeah. Uh, the season starts as well with Hogarth being her brooding self. Uh, obviously, she's she's dealing with the um the that, prospect. She's got a neurological disease. Yeah, she's dealing with ALS and all that kind of thing. And it's it's gonna be the end of her. Uh, straight away, as soon as you see the first scene with Hogarth, she's brooding. It's the same sort of shit basically that we dealt with last season. Yeah. Only this time, instead of like trying to like drug herself away and sort of you know basically blast herself into oblivion through a pool of drugs. I thought, you know what? I can kind of relate to that. What that says about me is another thing. (laughs) Um, She wants Jessica to kill her. Yeah, she's got this almost blaze of glory kind of mentality Mm. where it's like she's telling Jessica, just find some way to do it. I won't see it coming and just take me out. And I know that they push Hogarth, Jaron Hogarth as the hard-ass businesswoman, sort of lawyer type and all that, but they've made her so so fucking unlikable that I'm like, yeah. you know what, do it by the end of this episode, please, so we can move <laughs> the fuck on. And it's not a good thing to no, be thinking. No, that's it. And they didn't at all. They did not push that at all. She oh, just, no. They, she they... became basically the dominant force. Like, every decision she made in the show, like, informed the direction for every other character to a detriment of every other character. Yeah, we get this dragged out throughout all 13 episodes and at not one point did I give a shit. Nope. nope. Um, there's a bit more of that to go on, just just in case you can't tell. We're going to lay the boots into this season because we, <laughs> we were both not really big fans as much as I like some of the characters and some of the... Uh, yeah. It, it's not all dog shit. Like, no, no, no. There's some good stuff in it. Um, it starts off... The, the, the opening scene to the series is great. It's... Um, Jessica Jones on a beach, which just looks so out of place. It really did, like, like you know, big, which was cool. I kind of dug it. Yeah, that's it. Like, as in um, Mexico as well, wasn't it? Yeah, like, Cos- I think Cozumel so, yeah. or something like that. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe Cancun. Um, but yeah, she's got the whole 
leather jacket, punk rock sort of look. Wearing her boots on the beach. Wandering along a beach and everyone's like, uh, what, are you, what are you doing there? Yeah. And she beats the shit out of a deadbeat dad, which yeah. is something we can all enjoy. Exactly. It was a good way to start and get us like launched straight back into the season. Yeah. And um, before everyone's been to the beach at one time when like, I don't know, some some like crusty punk or metalheads down there with their, you know, their black jeans <laughs> and the beach going for a swim or something. It just looks so out of place. That's it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So you've got that happening. Um, Trish... Patsy, whatever you want to call her, Hellcat. Yeah. Um, she is quote unquote missing. Yeah, she's off doing her own thing. She's a big part of this season. Yeah. And yeah, she's got the she's got the real kind of downward spiral sort of vibe where but not in a good way like the nine inch nails album. No, that's it. Yeah. All the finishing move from Edge and Christian. Oh, uh, deep yeah. cut, deep good cut. cut, good cut, good cut. Um, uh, yeah, so Trish's she's mum's looking for her. Yeah, because um, Trish is you know dropped away from the radio show. Um, she had her whole blowout in the last season. She's obsessed with the idea of having powers and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she um, she had the moment at the end of the last season where she balanced the phone on her foot out of nowhere. Um, and she suddenly... She's not out there. I could do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but she, she suddenly developed the ability to see in the dark. She's feeling like her muscles are like developing ridiculously level, uh, at a ridiculous level. So you've got this whole kind of almost like a Robin kind of moment with her where she's training and developing yeah. and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, she gets all parkour and shit. Like, yeah, that's she, it. We've seen her doing Krav Maga in, in, in parts previously. Yeah, for the self-defense and stuff. Yeah, yeah, which is obviously plays into a lot of the things that she does. But, like, yeah, she's, like, um, you know, on children's play equipment, you know, getting all parkour and jumping off walls and trying to do backflips off walls. Yeah. She's, like, stacking it. It's kind of like a Rocky montage gone bad. That's it, yeah. Um, so you get a bit of that. Meanwhile, the mum's looking for her. The mum's still a bitch. We still don't like her. <laughs> There's no redeeming qualities of the mother. Oh, man, through the whole season. There's not many redeeming qualities to anybody in this season. It's pretty bad, hey? Like, Except Detective Artie Bucco from Sopranos oh, comes he's, back. He's so good. See, that's something I like, yeah. but I don't know if it's just because, man, how good was Sopranos? It was so good. <laughs> it's the best. It's unquestionably the best. Oh, um, goodness. Because he played, uh, was it Detective Costa in this season? Yes, yes, yes um, that's right. Fantastic character. Yeah. Like, again, he's got that kind of put-upon sort of approach where it's like he's the lead detective on most of the cases. He's kind of the assistant detective to the DA and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So he's taking the lead on a lot of these powered sort of cases. Yeah. But he's dealing with them in a really human kind of way, which I think is really cool. Like, he's not just blowing a stack at people. He's trying to actually talk and investigate and find out what the hell's going on. Meanwhile, every other cop just seems like the most incompetent boob. Incompetent or completely corrupt. There's, like, yeah. no middle ground on any of this I, stuff. I'm, I'm cool with the corruption side of it because even throughout the comics, mm, like, yeah. when it comes to, like, Hell Ki- Hell's Kitchen and that side of New York, yeah. everyone's as crooked as hell. Absolutely. And um, as we've seen with, like, Luke Cage and uh, even more so Daredevil. Yeah. God, wasn't the Daredevil seasons great? It was All so three. good. They were so good. Talk about that later. They were so good. It pops in my mind when I'm watching something that's not that caliber. <laughs> I'm just like, shit, why can't everything be that Absolutely. good? Absolutely. I think um, talking about incompetent or corrupt with the cops is a big part of this season. Oh, it's massive. It's a huge part because literally every single... It, keep in mind, this is in the middle of New York City where they've already established it's in the same world as the Avengers and all that kind of stuff. They've, but see, after this, they came out and said they're not connected. Which is ridiculous because you already it showed no it in all the sense. you showed it in all the other seasons. Daredevil season one, they referenced stuff from Agents of Shield. Yep. They referenced the Chitari attack from they Avengers the, one. They referenced the Battle of Harlem with friggin' Hulk. Yeah. From the Edward Norton Hulk movie. But then after the shows are done and dusted, uh, I can never. Is it Feige? Kevin Feige, yeah. Yeah, he's come out and said, oh, no, no, they're not connected. It's not canon. Rah, rah, rah. I'm just like, you can't backflip yeah, on that it. shit after already doing it. Yeah. Like, you can't. It's almost like that's it. It's like they're kind of trying to cut the shows adrift after the fact, and it's like you can't put the genie back in the bottle. No. It doesn't work, I'm afraid. No, you um, can't. But yeah, even notwithstanding that, 
if it's not connected to the main Marvel universe, that's fine. There's still several million people in New York. Yeah, it's Jessica, massive. Jessica Jones isn't the prime suspect in literally every single crime. Oh, like there's, it got there's, there's so, so ridiculous in this season. Yeah. Like every single, I get you need to create dramatic tension and that kind of thing, but every single crime, every single like felony, every single thing you could be suspected of. Jessica Jones, just straight to Jessica Jones. It's like it's not realistic yeah, it's at like all. She, she's the only person it could possibly be. Meanwhile, they know who Daredevil is. They know who Luke Cage is. Yeah, yeah. Even taking out the Marvel side of things, they've established that it's in the same universe yeah. as Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all these other things. You've had. I Luke- mean, Iron Fist maybe flew under the radar from a like a police standpoint. True, if true. You, if you want to go there, yeah. But still, there's knowledge of these people existing. And as they reference later on, Luke Cage. Yeah, like and him, him like and like battling a, battling Willis in the first season. The they bad guys that. in Luke Cage were very well publicized. Yeah. So, so kind of maybe look at some other potential criminals, not just Jessica Jones over and over. Even name drop. Yeah, fans something. love Easter eggs. There's we like love YouTube that shit. Clips dedicated to like one second of footage in the background of a scene, especially um, with some of the characters they did introduce in this season. Like we get introduced to um, the on again, off again love interest because the the Latino dude from season two just basically disappears. Oh yeah, like, she's done with him, which is good because there was no chemistry there anyway. I didn't really buy him as a character. Could not have given a shit. No, the only thing he was good for was bringing David Mack paintings into the um into the, the use in the show, which I'm I, always, I, I um, do love David. Matt. He's a such a good artist. And just synonymous with, like, I mean, he did a bunch of art for Alias and yeah, stuff. All like, Jessica Jones covers, pretty yeah. much, he was responsible for. So, like, yeah, go nuts, get his art there. Honestly, way possible. If, if this season or this TV show or anything you were not happy about with Jessica Jones, read the. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis alias run. Yeah, the Ma- um, Max comics. Yeah, David David Mack and uh, Michael Gatos on the art for those. Unbelievable. It will scratch every itch you could possibly want from watching this TV show because it does everything in the TV show just so much better. Yep, absolutely. And, um, the whole if, like everyone really loved David Tennant as um, Kilgrave or yeah. the Purple Man. The way he's done in the comics is like ten times better. They just managed to get a really good actor to do it, live, That's which it. was a good thing. But um, before we before we go go forward, um, you're talking about the love interest. Um, this she meets a guy in in a pub, her her pub. Yeah, um, that's it. Like she's having a a really shitty night. She just needs a she needs a food fix. She needs a beer fix and yeah. that kind of thing. Just they, to they the... talk about hamburgers and then they fuck. And I'm like, man, I've been doing it wrong all this time. <laughs> I could be hitting up girls at pubs and talking about hamburgers, that's which I'm it. quite knowledgeable about. That's it. My if knowledge of hamburgers is pretty deep. If there's one thing we know, it's hamburgers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like that guy in Popeye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what was his name? Oh, I, was it Wimpy? I think that's right, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that's where they got the Wimpy Burger chain name from in the UK. Because ah. in the UK, we don't have Burger King or Hungry Jacks. We had Wimpy's for a while. Is it the same thing, though? Yes. So it's just Burger King renamed. Yeah. I blow and now, them. And now Burger King's I, I have there, American so friends who I blow their minds when I tell them that Burger King's called Hungry Jack's over here. That's weird, isn't it? But I, I like it. I, I, it's weird to call it. Anyway. <laughs> so well. Anyway, they, uh, they, they nail each other and this guy comes in and um, it's just, you know. Yeah, it's it's just, um, Eric is the guy's name, I believe, isn't it? Yes. Uh, his, uh, his, his name from the comics yes. is Mindwave. That's correct. Um, and much like the other character they introduce later on, uh, Gregory Salinger, uh, kind of a C-grade sort of hero slash villain. Like, yeah. they've used him for both approaches. Um, yeah, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. I, like, he wasn't given a lot to work with. He also wasn't likeable. Which I kind of dug. Yeah. I kind of dug. He was the only one it kind of worked okay with because you had the whole thing of him just being... Um, Mindwave in the comics 
is more of a dude with like a he's almost got like a magneto helmet that channels his powers whereas in this it's just he's got you know a kind of telepathic yeah you know sort of vibe where he can he can read people's intent like he he has the whole thing of he can see the darkness inside people um and the worse you are like if you're a murderer or a serial killer or a, you know a rapist donald trump. or a rapist or something like that so basically if you're donald trump yeah. um he he gets like ridiculous migraines and nosebleeds and like at one point somebody's so far off the deep end his eyes start bleeding which is that, that was cool which was really cool and yeah. really intense um so with him i kind of got that he sees enough terrible shit all the time whether he wants to or not he would spend the whole time medicated. So he was yeah. like either drunk or on pills or whatever just to try and deal with all the dark shit he's accidentally running into day in, day out, which I thought was kind of cool. Look, he wasn't bad, but it's just <laughs> he's one of the so many unlikable characters in this series. I think what didn't work with him especially was him just dropping in and out all the time. Like he's either there or he's not. Like yeah. make up your mind. It's almost like there's almost going to be a relationship between him and Jessica Jones where they might be going steady. And then, no, they're not. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, we need this guy. Bring him back. That's and it. Then, no, 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 don't worry about him. And then, again, oh, actually, we don't know. Like, again, New York City, it's not that easy to get around. You can't yeah. just suddenly go, oh, we need him. Get him here in 20 minutes. It's like, yeah. no, no, there's a fucking shitload of traffic and subway and taxis and all sorts of bullshit. Mm. Um, People selling CDs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so while all that's going on, um, Ika Darville's character, Malcolm, um, he's back. He's working for Jaron Hogarth. He's kind yeah. of back as the whole, you know, he's the fixer. He's trying to be like Ray Donovan, basically. Like, mm. He's a on call, um, looking after clients who can't look after themselves. They've got this famous baseball player who keeps getting drunk and getting in like hit and run um, that accidents. That really intrigued me at the start. I yeah, liked it, but I thought that like... was kind of cool. Like he, he basically cleans up the mess and then engineers a whole scenario where the the player gets caught and mm. can never drive again, can never play again. Like he basically rams him with a car, so he gets injured. So his playing his playing days are over. So it's like. Is he kind of doing his own version of like Jessica Jones's justice, but at the same time taking the dirty corporate money? It's like, yeah, it's like this kind of um, yeah, the road to hell is paved with good intentions type thing. Yeah, and, but see, with a lot that Malcolm did in this series as well, I found he was always the sympathetic character. Was I found myself not liking him in this season as much? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like season one, I definitely I liked him more. Season two, he was just reactionary yeah. like it was like well, just... I mean it's probably by design mm, like, especially when he's like kind of you know he's just, you know the baseball player's done something horrible and he's yeah. kind of smoothing it over paying people off kind of like hey man That's here, catch this Uber I'll sort this out oh how are you going yeah. oh yeah you don't want to go to the papers here's some money and That's oh it. your car you know, here's, here's money for a new car like, yeah I kind of I kind of got it with his character as well because he's got the whole thing of um needing to not go back to being basically a junkie on the streets. Mm. Like he needs something to keep focused and busy. And he mentions later on, I get the exercise thing to stay busy. Yeah. Because if you don't, you just revert to being revert. Once an addict, always an addict, you revert back to being an addict for something way more dangerous than exercise. Mm. So I kind of got that in a way. Um, But like you said, he just at times was so over the top unlikable. Yeah. And not nowhere near as bad as like Hogarth or some of the other characters like Trish. Oh my God. Like yeah, I, I've I've had a few people hit me up of how much they hated Trish, <laughs> which um, which works in a way. Like you've got the the chalk and cheese of um, she's now got powers. As the show goes on, she gets more and more addicted to the idea of control and using her powers to right you know right well, the wrongs she, of the world. She starts going out and like um, yeah, she know, goes full solving vigil. crimes that I, I wouldn't really say. stopping crimes. Yeah, that's it. Like she's going out and someone's. Um, 
for lack of a better experience. Like she's, you know, someone's robbing someone or whatever. She'll go beat the shit out of them, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's it. Like the Um, muggings and that kind of thing. Yeah, she's like stopping sort of small crime and doing her bit. There's a a cool scene where she's, because she needs to obviously hide her identity. People know who she is. That's it. And she's, uh, is it like a costume shop she goes to? Yeah, she ends up finding the original like Hellcat kind of costume. And she puts it on, looks in the mirror and she's like, hell no. Which I thought was cool. It's cool, but at the same time I'm like, Wear God it. Damn, yeah. Give us our costumes. Yeah, that's like, it. <laughs> like, like Luke Cage with the tiara and the like billowy shirt and stuff in the first yeah. season um, yeah. of um, Luke Cage when he breaks out of the prison. I'm like, yeah, I got that. That worked. Mm. Um, they kind of did little bits with, with Iron Fist. I'm, I don't know. Call me a traditionalist. In comics, people wear costumes. I wouldn't have hated it, but it, it looks hokey because she wears bright yellow. Yeah, that's uh, it. So she tends to kind of wear like a balaclava type deal. She's definitely got the, um, the, the budget daredevil. Yeah. Kind of look to her, like the you know, just a vigilante, standard vigilante with a bandana around her face and a, yeah. a hoodie and that kind of thing. I'm like, eh, it's fine, it works. So there's a lot of speculation of what, what's the, uh, what's the, what do they keep saying? The masked woman or whatever. Yeah, there's the like masked vigilante. They just kind of call it. Vigilante is what they keep saying. And a lot of the times they're blaming Jessica Jones for it, expecting it to be her. Yeah, that's it. Which is kind of ridiculous because the body types are completely different. The height's completely different. That mm. sort of thing. Even like a cursory glance tells you they're not the same person. Yeah. But you know, why let that get in the way of a good story? Well, yeah. So Trish is off sort of solving crimes and sort of, you know, trying to do her bit. Jessica's kind of, you know, being Jessica. Um,. And we do get the introduction of the Salinger character. Yes, Gregory Salinger, a.k.a. from the comics, Fool Killer. Yeah, I like this character. I thought it was was quite well done. I think it's great as well because Fool Killer in the comics has been... There's been three different Fool Killers. Okay. Um, One was like an ally of the Punisher for a little bit. Makes sense. There was the whole thing of like them both having the the brutal vigilante kind of aspect. Um, But this version, the Gregory Salinger version, definitely is more of the like twisted serial killer vibe like he he sees his work as net like his work as necessary like he considers himself an artist that sort of thing almost dexterish very much so yeah mm. like um the Takes whole photos and stuff yeah like capturing people's last moments and their their, their truth he's really obsessed with their truth mm. um and he starts to develop an obsession with jessica jones because he sees her as having powers and all this kind of thing as not being honest he considers mm. her a fraud and a fake hero and a cheater and all this kind of thing so he becomes like fixated on finding out who the real Jessica Jones is. Like he developed, he drops off a massive pile of money at her um, office covered in blood. And they've got like hero or fraud written on either side. Um, So he's kind of like drawing her out, taunting her to come and find him, obviously trying to lure her into some sort of trap. Um, I enjoyed their kind of back and forth. I enjoyed that side of the whole season arc. Yeah. The, the, um, so, I mean, they don't, they, they don't actually call him Full Killer, do they? Not at any point, no. no. They so just kind of call him Salinger. Salinger which so. is fine. Full Killer yeah, is a bit I'm, of a daft name. Look, much like much like um, Eric, like Mindwave would have been a bit of a daft name to call him at any point in this show. Because, yeah. like, if they're not going to call Patsy Walker Hellcat. Yeah, I, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, I agree. I man, agree. Look what you're doing. You're, you're doing, doing it. You're like, doing a Jessica Jones third season. It's like, a target audience. Lean into the yeah, lean into the tropes a little yeah, bit. Sometimes. Should have get off the pot. But anyway, the whole Salinger stuff with Jessica Jones is really good. That's when you get Jessica <clears throat> actually sort of knuckling down and doing detective type, investigative type yeah. stuff, which is good because you haven't seen a great deal of that. Whereas you get a really good showing of that in this. That's it. One of the high points of the show, I think. That's it. And you get her kind of like teaming up with her, um, her new PA. 
um, actually letting her do handle all the, you know, contacting and calling and that sort of thing. Um, she's got enough of, Jessica has enough of a reputation now where she's getting a lot of regular cases and clients and that sort of thing. Um, so she can afford to have a PA who isn't Malcolm working for her for like pro bono rates and that sort of thing. I mean, Malcolm's getting the good money. Oh, he's doing, he's doing very yeah, well yeah. for himself. Jessica exactly. can match that money. That's it. Um, yeah. So Jessica can actually, like say, she can knuckle down and do a lot of the actual, you know, legwork of investigating and hunting leads down and staking people out and that sort of thing, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I thought so too. And the actor that, that played um, Salinger, I thought did a great job. Yeah, because he um he seems like he's quite physically capable as well. Like they show him like with you know wrestling coaching and wrestling training and that sort of thing. And it's like there's the cerebral aspect that goes with the physical. It's not like in previous seasons where like 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 first season obviously Kilgrave more of the cerebral kind of yeah. approach. Second and season with Jessica's mum, it's all about just brute force and yeah. blunt force trauma pretty much. Whereas yep. it's, this one, it's kind of like. Salinger has the blend of the two where he can hold his own. Obviously, he's not got any kind of powers or anything, but he can leverage situations. Like, he's got information about Jessica's past. He's got information about Trish. He basically, he finds and exploits weaknesses. Yeah, and he also, like, plays the games. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he'll, he'll kill someone for you know, kind of his cause, but he'll do it in a way to taunt Jessica to sort of set this up and do that as well. Like That's it's, it. It's almost like manipulative crimes around what he's trying to do as well as serving the purpose of, like, messing with Jessica. Yeah, which is good, like, and it shows, like, it keeps you against him as a character as the, as the show goes on because there's that hypocrisy of, like, you claim you're doing this for this cause and for this good and for to show people's truth. Whereas deep down, you just like to kill people. Mm. Like really what it boils down to is you're a serial murderer who wants an excuse to be able to kill people, um, which I thought was good. It's like a lot of shows when they do these kind of things, like Dexter at times, um, they'll find excuses for why it's okay for people to be murdered and that sort of thing. And I think if, if this, whole sh- this whole season's balance was about trying to find that balance between um, actual justice and vigilante justice, like the big thing that pushes this season is Trish having the chance to actually embrace the legal side. You know, they can catch these criminals and do it the legal right way or they can just beat the shit out of people. Well, that's the thing because Trish is doing... Um, that's a great segue because Trish is obviously doing her sort of, you know, bashing up muggers and, you know, using her new powers to sort of stop small crimes. But yeah. Event- I mean, Jessica's not too cool with it. But eventually they work together. Yeah. Yeah, you get this whole kind of team up aspect with them kind of agreeing to disagree, but also like we need each other to be able to, you know, solve this, try and solve this case about Salinger and the serial killer. I kind of liked it when they were working together in parts, like when Trish mm. wasn't being annoying. Yeah. It was good. Like-, like I got like at that point, I got where she was coming from because she's like, yeah, I have abilities and I have a certain capability um, and I have way more martial arts training than you do Jessica because you're just so used to having powers at this point you can just you can just protect yourself and defend yourself and there's that scene early on where Trish kind of pushes Jessica like kind of like hey man I can take you and kind of Jessica just like <laughs> just yeah. owns her like that's it, yeah. It was like like Godzilla against a plane, pretty much. Yeah, just swats yeah. her aside. She's kind of like, hey, I'm I'm tougher now. I've got these powers. Like you know, like you know, yeah. you can't talk to me or push me around like this. And kind of steps up and just gets kind of backhanded. That's and it. Knocked on her ass, like kind of like. Which is good. Like she needs that kind of wake up call to be like, yeah, you may have powers, but there's still people more powerful than you. Yeah. Um, and that kind of furthers the agenda it's for like Trish in this season. Role. Yeah, that's it. And mm. you know, Trish's whole thing is like control. 
because mm. you know she's been at the mercy of people stalking her like um nuke in the first season oh, that's right yeah with, like, with that whole thing of like having to lock herself in a panic room in her apartment um all the other stuff that's going on like with the defender season where she got locked away so the hand didn't get to her and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um so she's had moments of being completely powerless and hunted and that sort of thing so I mean, for her it's now, also jessica being like you know i've been doing this a long time yeah like, and i've seen some fucked up weeks. shit yeah like, yeah that's it like she's seen the worst of humanity and i think that's trisha's whole thing is like she's seeing now just how bad things can get out there outside of her bubble of, you know, radio presenting and celebrity, like low-level celebrity these days, but celebrity nevertheless. So she's seeing how bad it is for the every person and she's kind of sick of it. So once she's got a little bit of power, it's the whole, like, how do I write my how do I write my core of the universe? Which I think is kind of cool. Like, mm. we all have those kind of fantasies of, like, oh, if I had unlimited power, if I had this, I had that, what would I do to fix the world? And it's like, well, yeah, this is her way of trying to fix things. Yeah, and she's only seeing the good side. Like, she's like, I'm, I'm doing good. Like, That's this it. is what should be done, and I'm doing it. It's very black and white for her. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And like you said about, like, the control and all that, it's like her sort of rationale of, yeah. like, you know what, there's... You know, I'm I'm good. Justice they're bad. Yeah, yeah. Basically, exactly that. And you know, along the way, you know, Trish will be fighting crime, doing this, or Jessica, and then will run into someone they need to interrogate, and that. And when fights happen, or there's like little dust ups and punch ups and stuff like that, it's pretty cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the fight the, choreography was was great. Yeah. In this season, I thought it was really, really well handled. Yeah, the, the fights are really cool when they happen, and we we, we get some good sort of um, you know punch ups and stuff like that along the way. Also, there's some um, like from a different angle, like. I'm always happy to say that I'm into horror and that there's some, you know, there's quite a few dead bodies in this. Yeah. When they're um, doing some sleuthing and trying to find things on um, Salinger, they find like a sea container full of dead bodies. They're digging up dead bodies at one scene. That was a cool scene. That was really, that was really, really cool. Like the sea container with like the, um, the tripwire jerry rig to basically drop sulfuric acid and stuff into the container, burn up the evidence and also suffocate anyone who's in there investigating. I'm like, that's, that's some proper serial killer shit. Yeah, there's some little like dark things along the way in this season that are really bloody cool. Like, don't get me wrong, we're shitty on this and weren't big fans of it, but it, it does some really cool stuff. I think you know the only the only reason we're shitting on it is because it had potential. Like, there were some great moments in there that if you again we've said it a bunch of times, thirteen episodes, you can tell in this season where they ran out of ideas and they're like, we have to just spin the story out. Before we it. started, I said it was thirteen, and at times it felt like thirty. Yeah, like it's yeah. It, it's a victim of its length a lot of the times, like we've said from probably our, our you know, our early podcasts about that's the it, like, Netflix stuff. It's it, one thing I struggle with in terms of the DC shows a lot of the time is like the 25, 26 season episodes. Or it. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. I think that's honestly um, complete sidebar. Uh, Titans, the DC show. Yeah. I am really enjoying that. 13 episodes. Is season two out yet? It just started. Oh, cool. Just I really enjoyed season I one. I thought that was really, really good. Um, and that is a prime example of a show that doesn't just kind of spin its wheels just to get 13 episodes in. Like, yeah. stuff's happening every episode. And for a reason. Yeah, that's it. Even yeah. And even factoring in travel time, like, they're in the middle of Cleveland at one point, and they're like, all right, we have to actually look up the map. All right, it's going to take us this amount of time to get there. And you don't have to necessarily show them traveling for an hour, mm. but you have to at least you know, have some sort of evidence that time's passed. Yeah. Like, it helps us kind of get invested in it. Whereas, like, Jessica Jones this season, it's like, stuff just happens and happens and happens and happens and happens. And it's like, it could be any time of the day. There's no kind of evidence that time's passed. And you're like, did this all take, did everything that happened in this season, did it take place in three days, a week, four weeks? One of my friends made a really good point that even after three seasons, like, they could they could mix Jessica Jones up a little bit. Yeah. Always the jeans, 
always the jacket. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. always the same kind of thing. And I mean, this might sound hypocritical. I always wear black shorts. Usually always wearing a black hat and my, my t-shirt will change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. If you're looking overall. But I mean, she changes shirts a couple times. I noticed she's wearing an Interpol shirt in, in one yeah. one thing, which is kind of cool. But well, it's I a mean, nice change from the Joan Jett shirt from the first season, which was just ever present. Yeah. But like, you know, you could, you could change, like make it look like she's, I mean, I get the whole kind of she's she's a you know she's a bit of a dirty bum in everyday life, and you know even, oh, I've been working so hard I haven't got to change, but it's like you know what it, it wouldn't be bad if you did. Even if you just like tie your hair back now and then just for a different look. I don't think like, she does that ever. Does no, she? that's what, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you know, even just to show that she's trying to focus. And Go like, from denim jeans to black jeans or something. Something, some, something to differentiate. Which seems ridiculous to say, but like when it's st- total nitpicking. But but I think compared to the other shows, like even Iron Fist, like you had the whole thing of him being homeless, basically wearing a hoodie, the same clothes over and over. And somebody actually says, "We need to get you out of those gross clothes." Luke Cage, the you know, he constantly keeps getting bullet holes ridden through the hoodies yeah. and that kind of thing. And then once he takes over the um, Harlem's power. He's got the nice suits and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like costuming is really important with that kind of stuff. Like, and Trish, I get it's a trademark. Like, it's, it it's totally is. Like, totally, that's is. cool. But but, like, but Salinger wears the exact same stuff over and over. The detectives wear the same thing over and over. Eric. Uh, Mindwave wears the same things over and over. Even Malcolm. Even Malcolm wears the. He's wearing nice suits. He wears yeah. a, a track jacket at one point, but it's the same two things, and it's yeah. like this is this is ridiculous. Like, it just gives that show that it gives the show that kind of bland. Yeah. Sort of look. I'm pretty sure Hogarth wears the same things. I think she may change, but I just didn't care. Uh, Hogarth, <laughs> I can kind of get because she's dealing with get the ALS. TV. So she's got like the shaking hands, so she can't really change into too many outfits. So she's got kind yeah. of like the flowing sort of stuff that she can just kind of slip in and out of. Fair. Which kind of works, but like that's one example out of yeah. the entire cast. Like the rest of them have got no excuse. Yeah. Um, Especially Trish. She works for a fashion channel. That's her cover. Yeah. And she's wearing the same outfit pretty much the whole time. Yeah, she doesn't really get too glammy in this. No, not at all. Mm. Like quite the opposite, in fact, well, with the hoodie and the bandana and that sort of thing. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. You need to blend in, but surely you're going to run out of those and you're going to need to clean up the evidence and that sort of thing at some point. Yeah. What do and I as, as we start getting to the business end of the series, um, Jessica Jones gets framed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she basically gets locked in for the... Um, the murder of one of the cops, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nosbama, one of the, um, basically uh, Mindwave's whole thing is he, to deal with his problems, he is an addict. He's addicted to pills, booze, whatever can take his mind off of all the awful shit that's rattling around his brain. Um, so he ends up basically blackmailing people he knows are dirty. So he's got a couple of cops who are dirty. He's got a couple of other, like, you know, wealthy real estate people and whatnot. Um, So he ends up blackmailing all these different people. Um, In the process, he teams up with Jessica to try and take down a couple of these people. It's like the whole redemption kind of arc thing where he's trying to make himself a better person and, you know, go down the good path. Uh, It doesn't really work out, though, for him. No, it really doesn't. But uh, that's just like... There's certain parts of the aspect of this story that kind of feel like a dog chasing its own tail. Like yeah. it kind of, like you said, it goes around in circles a lot with things like that. Um, you have times where uh, people want to know about this this masked woman, and Hogarth puts a bounty on her head, and then meanwhile you've got, um, you know, people think that Jessica's out doing all these bad things, Salinger's manipulating everyone, and there's that that whole part about the one bit of evidence, yeah, that they can track <sighs> back to him, and Salinger just keeps going in and out of prison, in and out of prison, in and out of lockup, in and out of police custody and police witness protection. They can't That's, hold him down, the, which is which is good. It shows that he's. Th- 
calculating and his mm. thought things through and that kind of thing, but it also gets really repetitive. Yeah, he blacks he blackmails Jessica into get rid getting rid of the one piece. That's like a, one strand of hair. I yeah, that will give that will basically incriminate him forever. But it will also, um, if if it goes through and he gets locked up. Trish's identity gets revealed because he's captured her on film. That's right. Yeah. Um, so Trish's whole her world will basically explode because everyone knows she's the masked vigilante. Her celebrity status on the TV will go bye bye. Her freedom will probably go bye bye because you know she'll be done for aggravated assault on people and that sort of thing. And then and she's kind of like, I'm okay with that. You've got to you've got to just bring Salinger down. This is where she and Jessica have the full on disconnect. Yeah, and I mean the thing is as well, it also it results in Jessica, like, you know. Compromising, yeah, and it's massively, kind of like yeah. Someone who's so like always so stubbornly strong to a fault, yeah, that's it, and like, logical to a fault. It's like she'll give up, yeah, dealing with certain people because it's like it's against the rules or against the law and that sort of thing. And you know, you had that in the last season where she went against that for her mum because she thought her mum was dead, and then she finally got a chance to reconnect with her. Mm. And look what happened. She basically was running to the border. About to live in, you know, Mexico or Canada or something, just just so she could be with her mum. And it was like, yeah, that was her her life spiraling completely out of control. Yeah. And then this season, she's like finding any excuse to keep her friend out of prison, who killed her mum in the it last feels season. It's week. It's it's conflict for the sake of conflict, mm. which is always a downfall for any show, let alone something like this, which is supposed to be the wrap up for the Jessica Jones character. Yeah. Like it just felt really, really heavy-handed, really ham-fisted. Yeah, you get like I said, you, you get a lot of uh, running around in circles, some cool sleuthing, get some good fights along the way, things like that. Malcolm M ends up walking out on Hogarth. Yeah, he's kind of had enough. He's seen the worst of the corporate law side of things, and you know he's cleaned up enough messes to know that no money's going to wash the blood off his yeah. hands. So he's meanwhile, like, she's having a relationship with this lady who's got a husband, which just seems completely unnecessary. Yeah, that. The, Let's the, not all, even talk about it. All that Jaren, fucking pointless. All that Hogarth stuff is just there for her to have something to do and brood about. Yeah, and it's so depressing. I should feel sorry for her. She's going through like all this bad stuff, but it's just like. But she's such a horrendous piece of shit. Yeah, I'm like Jesus Christ. Get to the I, fireworks factory. That's it. And I like showing. <laughs> we her. drop that in almost every we, episode. We do. I'm, it's our it's our it's, trademark it's at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it shows like it shows she's manipulative and she's desperate because she's like basically dying and falling. We've apart. seen that for two fucking seasons. We have. Though. We've seen enough of it. Yeah. More than enough of it to get the point. It like, gets say, to the point of being tedious at times, not just with the Hogarth, but with some of this sort of lapping about. Yeah. Um, but when we get to the thick of it, um, we come to a decent, this is what's well, end with, um, yeah. with Trisha's mum. Yes. Um, so Salinger. This is when we get to the fireworks factory. Yeah. This, this, <laughs> this works really, really well to kind of, and again, if you hadn't had two or three episodes in between of not really a lot going on or chasing things in circles. The home stretch is solid in this. Mm, which is again, which is so disappointing about it. If we hadn't had so much faff and filler, this would have ended on a much stronger note. Mm. Um, but yeah, Trisha's mum becomes the target for Salinger, and Salinger basically murders her. Yeah. Like, he's got everyone by the balls at this point because he's manipulated everyone. Jessica's gotten rid of the evidence to sort of you know hold him down. Yeah, he's kind of like you know big middle finger to everyone. Yeah, and that's it. He basically is like, all right, let's test the limits of my control over everyone. Mm. I'm going to kill. Pat's um, Trish Walker's mum. Yeah, um, and he also realised by doing this, it's going to be the thing that'll tip Trish over the edge. To make her lose that control yeah. and she'll kill someone. That's it. And then it's like your truth is that you are just as bad as the people you think are fucking the world up. Mm. Which I think was really cool. Like It was really cool. 
Yeah, like, it's, 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 it's like there's these good bits amongst this season. It's kind yeah. of so disjointed and kind of average. Yeah, it's very um very similar in tone to something like Dark Knight, like Heath Ledger's Joker trying to yeah. you know, prove that everyone's as bad as him, and you know all everything's one bad day away from the world. I, I got access. the exact same vibes. Yeah, 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 totally agree. Um, but yeah, like um, Trish loses it at that point. Yeah, she's basically like, all right, yeah, the world's a terrible place. Fuck all this shit, and. She kind of gets really easily distracted after this point. Mm. Like she's got basically like half an episode of just mercilessly trying to hunt down Salinger and plan her mum's funeral at the same time. And she's planning to kill him. Yeah, but then she suddenly teams up for like an episode with Mindwave to go after like other criminals because mm. she wants to. It's almost like she wants to prove that she can do things the just way. And Jessica's like, "Leave it alone. Leave everything alone to Salinger. I can sort this." Yeah, it's... and it got really like. Surely this should be the end. Like this should be. It the, gets the, away from itself. It does. Unnecess- it was on a pretty solid. Unnecessarily so. So like, um, they team up and Mindway finds this real estate agent who's been burning down properties to basically build his own skyscrapers. Um, Another unlikable character. Very unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He basically has been killing people in the process, like squatters, tenants, that kind of thing. Anyone who won't leave the buildings that he burns down or is planning to get rid of, he basically murders he keeps claiming it's accidental there's no evidence according to the police that can frame him but they know that it's happening um trish confronts him and basically kills him Mm. and it's like this is they they want to like knock him out and wound him and that kind of thing to um exonerate jessica from the other crime for nosbama the corrupt cop yeah um and in the process trish goes too far and kills this real estate Mm. dude so it's like becomes this whole thing of She's no longer trusted to be around because she's she's now murdered two different people. Yeah. Um, and she's just going further and further down. And she basically, her moral compass is so compromised. She's like, fuck this. Salinger has to die. I don't yeah. care if you've actually caught him and locked him up and that kind of thing. Um, he's got to die. All I felt was they could have gone around it a bit simpler. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, like I get... I, and I that, To be fair, they... they they spin it in a way that you don't know who's done this particular murder. Yeah. So there's a bit of like intrigue and a bit of mystique about it, which isn't bad. Yeah. Part of me applauds them for trying to have like due process and stuff like that and them having to show the police actually investigating and having suspects and that kind of thing. But it's like, again, when it's just Jessica Jones and it's just the masked vigilante, like it feels really forced and really like unnecessary. Yeah, and Salinger keeps kind of saying that a fight between Jessica and Trish is inevitable. Yeah, that's like, it. Which has obviously been his end game. At what yeah, he's gotten to the point now where he's like, "I'm probably not long for this world. I'll either die, and one of you will kill me, and that'll prove you're as bad as me, or I'll end up in lockup, and I'll probably die in prison. So be it. As long as I can get you two to go after each other, that's fine." Yeah, and he ends up tranquilizing Jessica and tying her up, and that basically setting the bait. And uh, Malcolm's also with Trish around this time. And they had this little, like, confession session. Yeah, that's it. It's it like, just felt so corny. It did, yeah. Like, she would have just been the whole time pounding at the floor, pounding at the walls, trying to get... Because he's got her chained up, basically, yeah. to stop her going after and ruining this plan that Jessica and um, Eric have. Because mm. they basically bait uh, Salinger in to basically give away his plans. They record him confessing about the murder and that kind of thing. Jessica pretends to be drugged so that she can, you know, be the next victim. Yeah. Which, you know, let's be honest, is entrapment. Wouldn't hold up in court. Yeah. But hey. (laughs) When you've gone so hard on all the other legal (laughs) stuff and then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, we're just... But the entrapment's fine. It's, you know, he's locked up. And it's like, oh, really? Um, Yeah. Yeah, Trish basically, when she she escapes, she 
seemingly agrees that Salinger's done, he's locked up, it's fine. And then she shows up at the courthouse, beats the shit out of a bunch of guards, knocks Jessica out, um, and murders Salinger in cold blood right in the middle of the elevator and leaves his bloody corpse for everyone to find. Like, it was a kind of, like, the the way she goes through everyone and does it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Like, I definitely. think that was, that was kind of well done, but... um. Yeah, just yet again, it's like you're kind of thinking this and... Yeah, this. it's pretty much just so they can say, all right, Jessica's done the right thing. She's got powers. She's learned over the years to use them for the the right approach, whereas the, the blunt force, black and white, everyone's good or evil approach just doesn't work. And mm. Trish is... She's the cautionary tale. Yeah. Which, you know, it's fine. Um, they kind of did a similar thing with um, Luke Cage season one, with Willis, with his brother. Um, like, Luke Cage is using his powers to try and make things better and protect people, whereas... He's trying to blunt force, you know, bully people into doing what he says is right. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. That works. You know, that's always a good story to tell with these kind of powered sort of shows. Um, you just have to make people a bit more likable in the process. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Otherwise, the, that tale just doesn't resonate. It just takes you a little bit out of it, hey? Yeah, definitely. Um, it all brings us, though, it all, like after the, the, the murder of uh, Salinger, that, which, you know, there's blood and stuff and cool and, yeah, you know, that's go it. team. Um, and he's a piece of shit, so you, you don't feel bad for him. <laughs> nope. Um, and, but it's, it's done in quite a good way. It brings us to the 13th and final episode, and we get to see Luke Cage. Yeah, who just suddenly... Lovely, because one thing they could have done the whole bloody time in any of these shows is crossed them over a bit more. I a thought there wasn't more. enough of that throughout all, all four of the shows. Five of the shows, including Punisher. Well, that's it. I kind of felt like they did the Defenders crossover. It wasn't as well received as they were hoping, and they went, oh, fuck that. I still liked it. I, I wanted did. another one. It could have been fine. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, but it's like they got scared and went, oh, fuck that. Don't cross them over. Yeah. Like All I've wanted from the start, from the announcement of all these shows, was I wanted Luke Cage and Jessica Jones to get together. That's their whole thing in the comics. They're married. That's their whole fucking deal. Yeah, like, like, it's... it's or like when 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 they like when they when were casting these shows, they had that room full of like the five Jessica Jones contenders and the five Luke Cage contenders, and they said whoever has the best chemistry is probably going to get the job. And these two apparently had the best chemistry by a country I mile. Did not know that. They have one scene where they fuck in the first season, which well, I was like, we're off to the races. This is awesome. Yep. The fact they finish and he says, "Sweet Christmas," I'm like, <laughs> I am so sold on this. Um, and, and they basically never interacted again yeah, until I now. Just, it's so dumb. But um, the things of note, like you said earlier, is that Cage is wearing a suit. Mm. He's got a, a different kind of beard. He's he's looking very sort of suave and kind of because yeah. obviously he owns the club now. And that they don't really talk about any of the stuff he's doing now. Yes, it, it's, it's more it like felt, his um, and it felt very convenient for him to just suddenly show up and be like, "Where the fuck have you been for this whole?" Because he th- does just show up. He does, like, and he's house. like, I, and he offers to help with the masked vigilante deal. And mm. it's like, yeah, you know that other people have died for this whole season. You could have helped any time if, yeah. if you were keeping tabs on what's happening. He kind of, it's like an odd appearance. Yeah. But um, it's... It's like they went, we know we're not getting any more of this. We've got to get him in one more time. He gives out one of those kind of like great power, great responsibility totally sort of speeches does. as well. Um, it was great to see him. <laughs> But it was, I don't know, it was almost like a wasted opportunity or you could have had him do something more. Or... It was a bit of a member berry, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, I remember Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah here he is again. Yeah. In pog form. Appa- <laughs> yes. Pog form. <laughs> um, I mean, it is the final episode. Apparently when they started making this se- this particular season, they didn't know it was going to be the end. Yeah. So maybe they were going to do more, but they didn't foreshadow anything further. No. They didn't make it look like they were ever going to get together. That's it. If he'd shown up earlier in the season, I could kind of buy that a little bit more yeah. as well. Like, he's just well, suddenly showing up at the end. The way they added Iron Fist into Luke Cage season two. So good. Awesome. So good. Well done. That literally could have been his first appearance. They yeah, could have I done just... none of the other shows and had him show up like that and being his, like, life coach 
yeah. then you could have done the, the flashback story afterwards. But, you know, if we try and sit here and fix all the problems with Iron Fist, we'll be here for an hour. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he, he tells her that he's got shit to do and he talks about uh, sending his brother to the raft. They mentioned the raft, yeah, uh, which is quite a prominent... Uh, yeah, not not the most subtle bit of foreshadowing ever, that's no. for sure. But it's just cool that it's getting a mention. There's, yeah, like, definitely. It's, it's reference to the wider Marvel universe. And especially like... it's connected to it or not. Well, especially with, uh, with Patsy Walker's character in the comics because um, her whole deal is, yeah, her name's Hellcat because and it's all too apropos because she literally goes to hell in the comics. Like when she dies, she gets dragged to hell and all that kind of thing. Um, and she becomes that kind of cautionary tale where she's seen all this fucked up shit. She gets a second chance. I can't remember exactly how off the top of my head it was. In the, I believe 1987, 88, when she ended up in hell. Um, uh, yep. When she came back, she had the whole, like, I've got a more positive outlook because I have to see the good in people because otherwise I'm just going to end up back in hell. I can't kill people. I can't do this. I can't do that. Um so I get that the raft, sending her to the raft is almost like the best version they can do for a show like this. Look, I was okay with it. And like I said, the little mention, the nod is always cool. Absolutely. Um, so basically, Jessica wants Trish to turn herself in. Yeah. Uh, she wants to use Hogarth as bait to get her because obviously Hogarth put the bounty on Trish. Yep. So it's kind of like in this kind of weaving a web to get us to... Go time, basically. Yeah, that's it. Um, and you end up with this whole thing of them using, again, using their detective skills for an actual purpose. Like They send out the APB. They send out like public knowledge and public information, Twitter hashtags. Everything gets involved. And they basically find out she's going to escape the country at this warehouse. Yeah, they're going to like put her in a coffin and... And ship her out. Like, yeah, yeah it's just basically made me feel really claustrophobic. Oh, me too. Watching. I'm massively claustrophobic oh, and I was man. just like, nope. Yeah. No, I noped on out of there pretty hard. That's probably their goal. So good on them for well working done. that. Well so, done. Yeah, they, like, they have a little face-off in Hogarth's uh, thing and I think Hogarth ends up shooting Jessica in the leg. Yeah, and that's what leads them to running off to the yeah. warehouse and that kind of thing. Because so she's basically... Trish is using Hogarth's connections to get her out of the country. I yeah. believe they're going to send her to Canada. Yeah, and then... Sounds delightful. Uh, Thailand. It was Th- yes, it is that's Thailand. Right, sorry, yeah. sorry, that's right, yeah. And then she's like, oh, you can go where you want from there. But um, Jessica tracks them down, puts a kibosh on the whole thing, and basically they have one final face-off. You get to see a little bit more of Trish's powers and where they're developing. Yeah. That's a good fight. Yeah, it's I cool. enjoyed the fight. There's a really cool part where um, Trish pulls a knife on her and Jessica blocks it with her palm. Yeah. And gets the knife <laughs> straight through her hand, but then uses that to push against with knife in hand. It was, it was pretty cool. Like, yeah, that's it. I dug it. And like yeah. I said, we're shitting on a lot, but that was that was A good really moment cool. of a badassery right at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you get the whole thing where... She knocks her out, though, because Jessica's stronger. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you've got these powers, but you obviously just... You don't know how to use them to the same level that I do because I've been doing this shit for years and you're just, you know, flailing at this point because yeah. you don't see that you're the bad guy. And you get that moment where she's in lockup oh, with Detective Costa. Oh, God, okay, yeah. And she's like, she kind of realises when he lists, starts listing off all the crimes she's actually committed. And reading her, her rights. Yeah. Like, and she's like, that's it. And, and she's like, I'm the bad guy. Duh. Duh. <laughs> That's all I could fucking think. That is all I could think when she said that line. And I'm like, I don't know if you made it before the Billy Eilish song went big or whatever, but the so line's good. really corny anyway. It is. And it is, yeah. That bloody song. Oh, That's, so That's all I could think. So we go into wrap-up mode. Uh, obviously, Trish is, um, Trish is getting locked up. Uh, Hogarth's girlfriend that we never had to care about leaves her. 
Um, which yeah, makes she's... the entire side thread of that completely pointless. Completely pointless. Completely pointless. Not serving a, a purpose at all, all. All it does is remind us that Jerry's a piece of shit and she's going to die alone. It's like, well, yeah, we knew that already. We knew that two seasons ago. That's it. Because um, she yeah. was already a piece of shit at that point. Yeah, it's just uh, like, yeah. But you've got Eric... Uh, goes to Jess and sees her and Jessica's like, I can't trust you. And then he leaves and it's really kind of anticlimactic and lame. It is, but I kind of like what they were going for with it. Um, I mean, like, it was never going to work. No, and he has the line of like, oh, we'll have to do something about that, you know, that you can't trust me. And he goes and meets up with Detective Costa and it's like the idea is he's going to team up and help out with working on, you know, um, finding evil scumbags for the cops and I'm like well that's cool yeah that's kind of nifty that's a great idea like that didn't, could be a didn't render him completely pointless like the, the yeah that's Hogarth it at least there's a future him. for that character like you said if they were going to do more with this universe then at least that's a direction for him to go in yeah. um, Malcolm just kind of is now dating um, Eric's sister because yeah. reasons well because I gotta root someone yeah, I suppose yeah apparently um, so and like Jessica kind of leaves him the keys to the kingdom yeah she, she packs up her bags and is like alright I'm I'm done I'm out yeah fuck um, New York <laughs> yeah yeah uh, gives Eric uh, sorry gives um Malcolm, Malcolm the keys to Alias and just says don't screw it up don't screw it up um, then she goes and leaves for El Paso yeah she's at the is it the train station or the airport or yeah, the New, yeah New York Transit yeah, thing, yeah yeah and she's buying her ticket and then all of a sudden you get a uh, purple wash of lights around her and you hear Kilgrave's voice. And he's kind of, um, you know, talking to her. Yeah, he's like, it's okay to give up. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it's somebody else's job now. Yeah. And somehow hearing that makes her turn around and go, no, I'm not going to buy my ticket and just kind of stand there. Yeah. Walks away. Yeah, and it's like, are you still in New York? Are you going to stay in New York? Yeah, are you going to so go she, back she's and She's not going to go to El Paso, but it's like, well, what, what's happening here? Is she going to uh, just go back to Alias and go, lol, just kidding? Give that's me, give what I'm keys back? thinking they were kind of going yeah. at, because it's like kind of leaving it open for another scene. But um, we touched on this briefly. Um, did not like the use of the, of the Kilgrave thing again. No, like it's... If you didn't want... Like, why keep bringing that shit back when you killed him off in the first season? Well, that's it. And when she's done so much beyond that first season now, it's like... I, I didn't like when they brought back that sort of like in her mind shit in the second series. It feels really cheap. I get that he gets in people's heads, but it's kind of like, well, you, you killed him. Yeah, that's like, it. It's cooler when he's still alive and he's out there somewhere. Yeah, that's it. It's more that of a would paranoia play your mind kind of more. thing. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, was, Whereas now it's like, it's I get referred trauma. You want to have that yeah. kind of thing where it's like you never really escape, stuff like that. It just felt cheap. It did. It's like an excuse to have him... Re- Come back and record a voice because this is going to be the last season. And I like David Tennant. Mm, definitely. And he did a great job with that character because the character's awesome in the comics too, but it just, especially once you'd been through what you'd gone through and yeah. you're like, you're going you're gonna to do that? We mentioned it off, off air before we started recording. Like, it's the big thing with Kilgrave in the comics, the alias story arc. He doesn't pop up until the last one. Yeah. Like, physically, yep. pop up in the comics until the last story arc. So you had all this other development, all these other things that she's been hunting down and fighting and whatnot. And he's been there hovering in the background. So it's like a massive climax to the whole run when he shows up and actually they physically interact. Where they started the show with that. Which is like, yeah, you can't start with the big deal and expect everything else to hold up against it. Mm. Yeah. Um, Oh, it also ends with a, um, when you get your fade to black and RIP Stanley. Yeah. Always very... Always a plus. Yeah, Yeah, always on board with that. Yeah, top marks. The, The way Marvel have sort of honoured the passing of Stanley in the comics, the TV shows, the movies and all that has just been top shelf. Well, that's it. Like, Stanley... The, the, the intro to Captain Marvel with, like, the, the Marvel thing with all the Stanley appearance, like, 
man. And even the um, Spider-Man Far From Home, yeah. the, the references to Ditko, like yeah. getting the you know the tributes into Steve Ditko in there as well. I'm like, yeah. that's awesome. You know, well played on that front. Um, final thoughts on this season, Adam. What do you think? Look, I would say overall it was a letdown. It did have its good things. Uh, I thought the Salinger character was good. The, the acting was like for the most part was was decent from from across the board, but just so many unlikable characters. And I do like Jessica Jones, but they could give her like even a few redeemable qualities because she does have them in the comics. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, it's a it's a struggle because there are there are shows with very unlikable characters. But very strong storytelling. Yeah. Like Breaking Bad's a prime example. It's the greatest show ever. Everyone's a piece of shit though. Yeah. Realistically. But it's really entertaining and interesting. Sopranos, everybody's a fucking scumbag. Well, yeah. The wire, pretty much everyone is a scumbag in one way or another. Yeah. But they're really interesting and they're trying to be better people. And it's like it tells an interesting story of their struggle. Um, this didn't really achieve that. Like this if this season didn't exist, I'd be like, eh. Yeah, like which is the worst it, thing it you can say like about a show. Chore, like, especially when there's a lot of the circling around. Some of the sleuthing's cool and the mystique's cool, but the way they circle around a lot and sort of piss fart about certain things, it feels like a chore to watch. I felt like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm at season six. Jeez, I better get to number thirteen. That's it. Uh, which you don't want. No, you want to be like, man, I can't wait till I can see the next. episode. This is it. Like, and it, and this really just didn't have that vibe at all. No, it didn't. And I mean, um. Uh, Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones is great again. Her capturing the vibe of this character is so good and has been yeah. nonstop. If anything, you're used to it now, which isn't a bad thing at no, all. No, it's that's like it. you, you fall straight back in, like, I know this world, I know this character, and all that, which is a great thing. Yeah. They didn't misstep any of that no. stuff. Um, Rachel Taylor as um, Trish, she did well with what she was given, but the character was written in such an unlikable way. Yeah. It's kind of like, eh. Like, she reminded me more of um, there's a character called Diamondback. From the um, the Serpent Society and the Captain America comics, she felt more like she was written like that character rather than written like Hellcat. Hellcat in the comics is always a lot more bouncy and a lot more like not wacky necessarily, but there's yeah. like more kind of like playful sort of spirit. I got the feeling like we were supposed to be feeling sympathetic towards her, but you the way it was done, you just didn't. No, not at all, mm. not at all. Um, yeah, this the, the like, man. I I liked a lot of bits through the show, all three seasons. Had potential. Didn't quite live up. No, to it. this season in particular, like I, I enjoyed the first season a lot. Second season, I enjoyed moments of. It didn't really grab me to the same degree. Uh, this season was probably in the same boat, to be honest. Um, Would you say it was better or worse than season two? I'd say better, but not by much. Yeah, I'd say the yeah, season two had its moments, but it it just went a really wrong way about it. Season, season two was just such a dramatic shift from the first season. Yeah. Like, and not in like a good productive way. And then, like I said, the Salinger angle in this, I really dug. That was great. And the even the mind wave stuff, like mm. at times was really interesting. They just didn't lean on it enough. Yeah. And give the guy enough to work with. But All right. Score out of five. Three out of five. I was going to go two. Yeah. I am going to go two. Fair play. I'm saying two. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. yeah. I, I was tempted by a half score, but I'm going to go three out of five. Like, not the worst thing ever, but... If it again, if it didn't exist, eh, so be it. If three's the middle, I fear it needs to be below the average or like whatever. So I'm, yep. I'm sticking with my two. Fair play. So this wraps up basically the entire Netflix Marvel saga, which is what we're saying we're going to touch on at the end. Um, so now that it's all done and dusted, they've all been cancelled. Um, I still feel, and from the get go when they started cancelling, when people are kind of throwing their arms, I'm like, Meh. I'm kind of like. 
man, Disney Plus is coming out. We're not losing this. We're just going to not see it for a little while. This is it. And they'll be back. Do you believe that these characters will all come back? I, not all of them necessarily. Um, and if they do, some of them might get recast. See, I think they will, but not all in their individual shows. No, definitely not. I can't see, personally, I can't see any of them getting their own shows again. Daredevil, yes. Punisher, I've, yes. I've got to be honest, I reckon Daredevil will pop up in other shows first. I reckon you're missing an opportunity if you don't continue that. I wouldn't Dare- be upset. I wouldn't be upset. All Daredevil seasons were, were as good as it got. Agreed. All three of those seasons were better than any individual one of the rest. Agreed. And that's a tough thing because I really dug Punisher. Um, but I will stand by that. I think that there's a lot of ground left to tread because Daredevil yeah. is such a good, deep character. I do I do wonder if maybe Marvel will do the whole thing of them appearing as their characters in other shows to begin with to kind of test the waters and Before test fan actually, reaction and yeah. slowly like introduce them in and be like, all right, here they are. Are you cool with this being part of continuity now? Blah, blah, blah. Um, or do you want us to just go fresh reboot? Here they are again. You're familiar with the yeah. actors, but... Because Feige's come out and said that it's not connected, I reckon they might reboot them, which I think is a missed opportunity. I agree, especially if you're not going to get Charlie Cox back to play, um, play, play, um, Daredevil, but to play Daredevil and getting uh Bernthal back to play Punisher. You have to. Um, and I think um, Iron Fist, I could give or take. You got to get rid of back for uh, Jessica Jones, and I, I, I really like the guy playing Luke Cage as well. Yeah, Mike, Mike Wolfer, I think his name was. Believe so. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great. He was um, great. Um, I just got to be honest. I just don't see Marvel invest if they've got this many shows and movies in the pipeline already. I just can't see them planning for more shows to be launched with these characters separately. Um, more than happy for them to bring them back well, in other shows. Wait two years, don't they? I two think that's the rules. Um, from the cancellation of Jessica Jones or the last episode showing, it's like a two-year contract for each of them. Yep. So I don't know if the Daredevil one runs from the end of Daredevil and if the Luke Cage one runs from the end of Luke Cage, like the individual contracts or if it's a big collective bargaining sort of thing. Not too sure, but I guess we'll I guess we'll see. That notwithstanding, they've got a lot of things in the pipeline, like a shitload of things before they even yeah. need to think about this that. This is it. And you're not... I mean, missing them is not a bad thing. Yeah, no, like, exactly. to have time between, it's probably a good thing. That's it, and it might make a lot of people go, you know what, I actually really want to see these characters again. Yeah. So. But, but, but Heroes for Hire, just give us one with <clears throat> yeah, Jessica, Luke, Iron Fist, all together. Yeah, as, um, as we said off air um, before we started recording, um, She-Hulk, we've got to see the TV show. Okay, yeah, let, let's touch on this, because Disney Plus is dropping November? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, so what are the shows they've announced? Is the no- What If animator that you said? Nothing till May, though, for the shows. They've oh, said really? They've said May next year is when the, Dis- when the Marvel shows will start dropping. So we've got WandaVision, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss um, Marvel, um, Loki, Loki, and I'm sure there's one other. One division, one division. I did. I think I oh, said okay. um, um, Hawkeye, Hawkeye as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we're missing one because they just info dumped yeah. so much at that that conference. That's it. And it was like <laughs> refresh page, refresh yeah, exactly. page, more, 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 yeah, more, more. And oh, well. they announced Blade. Is that going to be a TV show or a movie? Movie, movie. I that guess. is movie. But is it going to be a movie on Disney Plus? No. Because cinem- they dropped so much at once. I, the lines were getting blurred <laughs> There was me. a lot of stuff. Either yeah. way, sign me the hell up for more blood. Right, I, th- um, I agree. And, and Disney Plus in general. Um, so yeah, once all those shows start to drop and once the trailers start to come through, you'll see us kind of talking about it on the um, on the social media side of things. Once once um, Disney Plus launches, I believe Jay and myself will be doing a review on The Mandalorian. Bastards. Uh, uh, Jay's already called Dibs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Star Wars. You knew he was going to. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's, yeah, cool. <laughs> Maybe we can do a three-way roundtable. Ooh. 
we'll see if we can take something way. out. Uh, yeah, so um, you, sir. You know, <laughs> I do love Star Wars too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, but then again, so does Luke. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Maybe maybe you'll get a big bumper roundtable on that one. Um, what have we got coming up soon, my man? What do we have coming up? Uh, you and I, I believe, are doing an episode on Spawn the movie. Oh, that's right. Yes, we're going to do this. Oh, Jesus, Spawn. Okay, this is... Yeah, I haven't watched this in so long, too. I started watching it um, a couple of years ago. I actually stopped because I'm just like, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like, I remember it's, how bad this is. It's probably not going to hold up too well, but I'm really interested and really inter- excited at the prospect of watching it and just seeing yeah, how... Yeah, I, I, I have fun watching terrible things. Uh, also, The Crow. We've been talking about this for so it's bloody long. It's definitely coming next. We, and, and, like, we're both very well-versed in that movie absolutely. and the surroundings the yeah, soundtrack absolutely. and everything uh, but yeah uh, Luke and Jay have just recorded and just released an episode on The Phantom nice. with starring Billy Zane um, I, st- I still have a bit of a soft spot for that movie I'm a bit of a sucker for that kind of pulp sort of era um if you like The Shadow, if you like any of those kind of movies, Dick Tracy, that sort of thing, um, yeah, have a listen to the episode. Let us know what you thought of the movie. I'm to check it out. Yeah, by all means. Um, that's pretty much it from us today. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks for checking out all the stuff we've been talking about with the Netflix side of things. Um, we'll definitely be back very soon with a few more episodes. I know the um, Film Stew guys are planning a big review on The Joker coming soon as well. Um, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, I'm hyped. Really? Please don't suck. I'm so badly on the fence. I think he's going to be good, but I think overall I'm just like... I like that it's a standalone. That that really that really helps me to get invested. But at I the same time... DC D- should be making things that fit into their... Their track record does suck, I agree. Yeah. But we shall see. <laughs> we shall see what happens with those. Um, that's, that's pretty much everything from us today. Thanks very much for tuning in. If you've got suggestions for episodes, by all means, hit us up on all our social media side of things. Um, I'm Gareth. I'm Adam. We'll catch you soon. Thanks for listening. 